Get your hands dirty with the Gardening Gang. Saturday mornings at 8 on Coast FM 963. Classic hits on Coast FM 963 for our Easter Saturday gardening gang with Pete Little and the little bunny herself, Cheryl and Darcy. Good morning to you. Good morning, Pete. Oh, I must, before we start the show today, so how, how pleasured, how pleasured I am <laughs> to arrive this morning and on my desk was a little rabbit, a little yes. Cadbury rabbit. Oh, that feels so nice oh, for somebody to think of me Easter. in those terms. Happy <laughs> big Easter, ears, Pete. that's about right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what else have we got there? Yeah. And a big smile. He's got a big smile. He was a smiley one. I'm amazed <laughs> these days <laughs> that all those rabbits that you buy, they've all got different expressions on their face. Some of them are all winking. I thought that was a bit much. I thought a smile would be good for you, Pete. Yeah, that works for me. Anyway, it's the Gardening Gang underway today, being sponsored by Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs and also Doormaster Security Doors and Windows at Berkeley Vale. Now, uh, Sherilyn, today's topic is all about bulbs. Why have you chosen bulbs today? (laughs) Not light bulbs, Pete. However, spring flowering bulbs, this is the time that we put them in about now. We're starting to get them in and so that we can have a beautiful display in our gardens come springtime. No use waiting until then and going, oh, look at my neighbour's amazing spring flowers everywhere. What about mine? I'll rush down to wherever and grab some. Too late, too late. You've got to do it now. And today, I'm very excited about this. We're crossing to Floriard to speak to the general manager, Ross Triffitt of ACT Events. And he's going to chat to us about what they're doing because they're getting ready too. They're putting their bulbs in soon. We're also going to explain for those who don't know what Floriard is. Oh, well, it's a gardening <laughs> show. Oh, that's right. A well, lot those of people. Non-gardeners we might, have a lot we of did a little survey here on Friday. We were talking about yep. talking to Ross. And uh, I couldn't believe how many people here at Coast FM have never heard of Floriard. Obviously, they've never lived in the ACT. Or lived. Or the gardening freaks knew, but what gardening freaks, all you gardening, you know, (laughs) enthusiasts, that's a better word. So, so we are going to talk about the big bulb thing. But bulbs, tell me, what sort of flowers come from bulbs? I'm right. not familiar with that. Lots of flowers. Well, I know first of daffodils all, do. Daffodils do. And, of course, the, probably the most famous of all, tulips come from bulbs as well. Okay. Yeah, so there's lots of things. Gladi, gladdies come from bulbs. You Look, garlic as well is a bulb, and it has garlic flowers. Don't want garlic flowers in the house. But there you go. There's another one that, that comes from there. Jonquils come from bulbs as well. There are just so many things that come from, from bulbs. They're amazing. Actually, I was just going like the the uh, garlic. There are some beautiful, uh, they are beautiful, those alums that people do like to put in their garden. So let me just not go into that too far. That they, They're good. Bluebells come from bulbs. Of course, irises come from bulbs as well. And ranunculus, because I never pronounce it properly, they come from bulbs. Lots and lots of things. And uh, t- now's the time to start throwing them into your garden. As I said, it's such a great time. I'm so, so excited. we're going to bore you with bulbs today on the no. Garden <laughs> <laughs> And in just a tick, we're going to put a call through to Canberra to talk about this amazing thing called the Floriard coming up. Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy here at Coast FM this morning. We're talking bulbs today. We are. And with that comes the thought of one of the biggest bulb spectaculars this side of the Mississippi. The no, the Darling. <laughs> the Darling. It'll be the Murrumbidgee, Where? one of our rivers Wherever. anyway. Mm-hmm. And it is Floriard in Canberra. It is the biggest flower show in the Southern Hemisphere and I'm oh. very excited, Pete, because we have on the line Ross Trifford. He's the executive branch 
manager of events ACT. He gets it all together, all this Floriade. Ross, welcome to the Gardening Gang. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. What a what a fabulous welcome. It's a it's a pleasure to be here. Well, mate, you're covering the central coast of New South. Uh, yeah, I suppose you're covering the entire central coast today. <laughs> so we want you to tell us all about the Floriade. But I think, <laughs> bearing in mind all our listeners don't really have a an affinity to gardening. Those who do would know about Oh, they know. There are going to be some people out there that uh, may need to get a bit of a background. So, Ross, with Floriade, it's been going how long now? It started in 1988 uh, to celebrate uh, Canberra's 75th anniversary. So it's it's been going for 36 years. It's um, a fabulous floral display, but it's also a lot more. It's It's a festival including music, performances, really with the, the horticultural display as the, the centrepiece. So well, maybe we've got Jimmy Barnes and Bulbs as well, so that's a bit of a mixture, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know how well you know Jimmy Barnes, but he, he may not necessarily work too well with the flowers. I thought we were a bit more sedate than that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's... Uh, Every year we have a different theme. So last year's theme, The Sounds of Spring, was at a particular musical focus. This year the theme is Floral Wonderland. So it's really about, you know, visitors are encouraged to be inquisitive and see and experience Floriade. Each garden bed has a, a particular theme. And if you think about kind of forced perspective and a range of kind of, you know, different designs... Yeah. That feature across yeah, about 25 different garden beds uh, across a million different blooms that we have in Commonwealth Park. So, so uh, bulbs, spectacular. So, sorry, how many bulbs do you plant at Floriard every year? Because we're talking planting I don't at the Ross moment. plants any of them. He probably does. He just goes around and tells <laughs> yeah. them what to do. Well, have one there and one there and one there. <laughs> yeah, I certainly cannot take credit for the planting. But, uh, yeah, no, we have... Um, Usually close to half a million bulbs. Um, so we have bulbs planted uh, underneath and then we have annuals over the top. And really, you know, as we, we come into the peak of spring, mid-September through to, to mid-October, the, the, that's when the designs really kind of take shape with these beautiful tulips. Mm-hmm. Um, huge variety. We have about 80 different types of plant stock across the bulbs and annuals. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that yeah, they really come to life right on cue for Floriade each year. So are these bulbs being planted right now? Is like Easter is when you do these uh, these plantings or has it been done beforehand? It's a little bit later. So we haven't started putting um, – in, in fact, there's, a, there's quite a, a schedule of uh, horticultural activity Right now, we're designing the garden beds uh, and doing the construction of the beds, uh, drainage, all the oh, yeah, okay. growing medium, etc. Um, we have about uh, over 200 planter boxes that we bring in, and and some of them are placed around the city. They're being planted right now, and then the, the horticultural team will move into Commonwealth Park and do the, the planting in Commonwealth Park. So, basically, we're planting through April and May. Um, and then the, the, the focus becomes uh, maintenance and testing and, uh, and the kind of growing period right through until we start to bump the event in, in mid-August for the show mid-September. 
So a couple of I haven't been to Floriade for a few years. I think the last one I went to. I might to, take you. Oh, that would be fantastic. Why don't we all go? The gardening gang goes yes. down there and do it. I mean, that was Ross. <laughs> it would be good. But I, but I haven't been for a few years, and I've noticed you've got a new component to it, and is the Floriade community where you're spreading out from that central Commonwealth Park. So what's that about? This is a beautiful um, legacy from COVID in that, um, uh, you know, obviously we have to order the plant stock. People cast their minds back to March 2020. We had a million plants on order when uh, COVID hit. So what we decided to do is decentralise Floriard that year and we went out to the community. We wanted a way for the community to still have the benefits of events, to come together for a shared experience, but to do that in a COVID-safe way. Mm -hmm. So uh, that year we had about 80 different community organisations that put their hand up to take some of the plants um, and to plant them in their local community, in their shopping areas, at hospitals, those kind of um, essential Mm. services that were provided during COVID. And we've built on that to now have a million flowers in Commonwealth Park. We have 300,000 that are spread throughout the city at over 100 sites that are managed by our community organisation. So it's not just about the, you know, the central planting that occurs in Commonwealth Park. Mm -hmm. We now have it spread throughout the The city and uh, by community organisations. Absolutely brilliant idea. Wonderful development there. So, Ross, it's about a, a three-week event, I think, looking at the calendar here. It operates operates from five weekends, so it's from the 16th of September through to the 15th of October. Oh, okay, so it's four we weeks. Also, yep, 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 got it. Right. Yeah, four weeks, five weekends. Mm-hmm. It's free uh, from 9.30am to 5.30pm daily, and we have a night fest from the 28th of September to the 1st of October, so... Over the four nights of the long weekend, uh, we light the flowers up at night. We provide a whole range of uh, different entertainment. And that's a ticketed event that requires a a paid ticket. But Mm -hmm. otherwise, Floriade is free uh, throughout the day um, over those uh, four weeks. I was thinking about accommodation. If we come down to the show, are there plenty of tent spots there, mate? Because I've got a butte caravan, but I think Sherilyn is more keen to stay in more luxury. So I, tell. I, I guess all those things need to be looked at now, because the the influx of people coming into the uh, into the city into ACT must be extraordinary. We get around half a million uh, people attending the event over the four weeks. So accommodation can be a bit scarce. We, mm-hmm. we definitely recommend booking in advance or hitting up family and friends oh, if you have them in Canberra. But, um, yeah, it's certainly a, a busy time of the year and the events are a, a great uh, contributor to our visitor economy. We may have to stay in Goulburn or something <laughs> very, on our budget. Well, Ross, uh, Ross Triffitt's been our guest this morning here. Uh, from the ACT Events Director, Floriard coming up this year. Yeah. And what a great event. And as I said to Sherilyn, it would be fantastic to do our program in I think uh, it's a good Canberra. idea. We should be we putting out... We work on plans for that one. We're going to plan. Okay. Well, Ross, thanks for your time this morning, my friend. And have a lovely Easter, whatever you're doing. I suppose you may be uh, getting away with a couple of eggs or working on be. Floriard. Might be. <laughs> so it's been a pleasure and... Uh, yeah, if you're short on accommodation, you're always welcome at my place. Oh, oh happy days. There we go. Okay, mate. <laughs>
Thank you, Ross. Been a good champ. Thanks, mate. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Ross. That was excellent. Thank you so much. (laughs) No worries. Thanks very much. There's Ross Triffitt on Coast FM this morning, part of our gardening gang from Canberra. Yeah. Coast FM 963, Pete Little and Sherlyn Darcy on Easter Saturday. You can't hurry, love. And there's Phil Collins. It's 28 minutes after 8 o'clock with Pete and Sherlyn. What's on the gauge here, Sheldon? About 19 degrees, 19... It's a little chilly out yes, there, Pete. Yes, well, it is. It's Ooh. the change of seasons. 24 the max today. And on the mountaintop, mangrove mountain area there, it's about 17 degrees. Not too foul, but nice. Now, Sheldon, bulbs. Now, talking about we've moved away from the Floriade coming up in uh, September. Yep. September. Mm-hmm. And we're, oh, by the way, before we go any further, we're going to release some really interesting information about something Coast FM is going to offer you in regard to Floriade in the next couple of weeks, okay? Yes. So just be G'd up for that. So excited. And I'm going to give you a tip. Save your pennies. Yes, save your pennies. Save your pennies. Save your pennies. Now, putting bulbs in the ground this time of year is the go. Uh, yes, it is. It totally is the go. You can feel that chill in the air, everybody. So they're very easy to grow as well. They Most of them have similar requirements. Now, you're going to see them in the local nurseries right now. Big tip is get in there and get them because the, the pretty ones, the ones that are new as well, the newer varieties, they go real quick. Also, there's a lot of online suppliers as well that you can buy from. But I tell you what, lots of out. I'm not going to name the names because I think uh, What's Hot Vicky names them later on. There's a, a few out there. So they most of them have similar requirements, but follow the instructions. And um, for best results, you plant them sort of between now and May. That's when they have to, to, to be in there, when the weather in the soil is a little cooler. So get them now. You can still store them. Store them in your fridge or in a cool, dry, dark place until you are ready. Not in your pocket. Not in your pocket. Too most, hot. No, most, most bulbs are planted twice as deep as the bulb is tall or high and the same distance apart. And the pointed end of the bulb should always be upwards, uh, except um, anemones. I can never say that name. <laughs> and my good friend, the ranunculi as well. They're the only exceptions. If you're unsure, you can always plant your bulb on its side and it will move itself as it's growing to point upwards. Mm. Most of these bulbs as well need free draining soil and you can raise or mound up your garden beds to improve drainage. I do that anyway because they don't like to have soggy feet. Lots of bulbs as well can be planted in pots, but you've got to make sure that it's very, very well draining. It's got to have holes in it and nice and well draining. Most of your bulbs as well are like full sun. Some will tolerate light shade and generally heavier shade produces taller and softer stems. So that's what happens. They fall over. So if you're putting gladdies in, whoop, over they go. And watering. Look, most of them also, this is most, 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 most of them all also like to have moist soil while they're actively growing from late winter to early summer. And then as they become dormant, as they start to die down, they like to be dry. Now you can, in on the central coast, here's the good thing, you can actually leave your bulbs in the ground. You don't need to dig them up. So you'll often see in, in books and magazines, oh, you have to dig them up and dry them out and stick them in somewhere, a cool dry place or a fridge even, to wait till next year because that's the thing. They're the gift that keeps giving bulbs. You can keep planting them afterwards. This is unless you're in somewhere that gets a very, very heavy frost, if it gets very cold. So maybe 
maybe somewhere up in the mountains, up at Mount White, uh, Mangrove Mountain, you might have a bit of a problem there. Or it's just preference. Sometimes people like to dig them up, plant something else, and then plant the bulbs back in as well. Uh, when it comes to feeding, as a general rule of thumb, top dress all bulbs in autumn and water in. There are specialty bulb fertilisers out there, but general fertilisers generally will be okay. Most bulbs also do better with a second dressing of fertiliser applied just before spring or when their flowering is. Now, this is important because even though we say they all flower in spring, as uh, Floriad will let you know, we go early spring, late spring, middle spring as well. So these bulbs will, will flower all over spring. So when you're going to purchase them, have a look at exactly when they flower. Now, I say exactly, but of course it'll depend. It won't be a calendar date. It will depend on the weather at the time as well. So as it gets warmer, different types of bulbs will plant will flower at a different time. So space that out over your garden so that you end up with flowers all spring long. So make sure you choose some that are early, mid and late flowering as well. And have fun with your spring flowering bulbs and you can have Flory out at your place. You're right at home with the Gardening Gang. Coast FM 963. Coast FM 963, the station with the classic hits from Pete and Shailen this morning. Rolling down the river with the Creedence Clearwater Revival. And now we've got the uh, mighty MC on the line this morning with the gardening goss. Hello, my gang. Okay, you've got the goss every week. Anything important on the goss newswire this morning? Yeah, there sure is. There is a story that came across. We're feeling the squeeze at the moment and we've all been young and we've all been poor once in our lives before living off a two-minute noodle diet. Um <laughs> But that's no longer a joke, especially for a lot of young people at the moment. Apparently, there's over 2,000 students, especially, who queue for for meals and for access to fresh fruit and veg weekly as part of their the student unions that are set up. You know, they have yeah. campus kitchens. Oh, yeah, they do. Donated. That's pretty alarming, I reckon. If young people can't get easy access to fresh fruit and vegetables, this is serious, Pete. And I know shopping myself, things that I'm not growing... Uh, Really expensive well, at the moment. When I really was a, a lowly radio announcer in the in the mm. in the bush, many 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 moons ago, mm-hmm. the two minute noodle and the two dollar <laughs> steak at the pub were an important part of living. That know? was about it. They yeah. were two dollars. Oh. Explains yeah. a lot, doesn't it? You didn't we get had one, one pub cut their steaks down to a dollar fifty. We all went there. Did you? Yeah, it was a fifty cent schooner then too. A fifty cent schooner. So, so you got a schooner and a steak for two bucks. Oh my goodness! <laughs> no. And it wouldn't matter how far away you lived, you'd travel to get there because it's a good deal, isn't <laughs> it's it? A good deal. Well, I don't think that's happening but, at the moment with the cost of petrol no. as well. It's terrible. So uh, solutions. That's right. That's right. Solutions to this MC. Have you got any thoughts? That's right. So immediately having been a part of community gardens and honestly not really um, having gone through that that problem of having a food shortage myself thankfully mm. um, I thought this, this could be a solution that's maybe overlooked by a lot of young people just because they don't have a relationship built with their community gardens that often are hiding somewhere around the corner that they just don't know about. But also, I think... Hang it, on, are you it, suggesting they go and raid the community gardens? <laughs> That's not on. No, no, no. I'm saying they start a relationship. I say they start a relationship. Introduce themselves. Get to know the people that are going oh, food as locally. If. <laughs> as if. No, they could. They could you do the bloody midnight spares, mate. You pop no, in for a couple of carrots. No, no. Well, no, I'm getting to that. I'm, getting, I'm building to that, Pete. I'm building to that. But also... 
you have these student unions that are set up. So maybe community gardens, if they're flourishing themselves and they're mm. looking to do um, something other than a produce swap, they could connect with a local university student union mm-hmm. and, and donate some food there that way. Um, and in return, they could, they could seek volunteers MC, I have seen this in action and I think that's a really good way to share the produce around. But maybe some of these universities and colleges could have their own community gardens on campus. What a good point, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Well, we always look forward to MC bringing to the table Uh some new ideas every week in the gardening, Uh (laughs) gosh. Very good, very good, Mr Little. Have a great week, mate. Good landing, good landing team. Yeah, thanks MC. Coast FM with Pete and Sherilyn. Thanks for MC today, and we'll catch you next week, friend. She keeps them always. Coast FM 963, the big Easter weekend with the gardening gang with Pete and Sherilyn. And today we have a couple of chicks on the line. <laughs> well, it's Easter. Oh, yes, hi. I've got uh, from Narara Valley Nursery, we've got Lauren and we've got What's Hot Vicky. Yay! Hello, hello chicky babes. How are you? Hey, <laughs> good morning. Lawrence there. Okay, so you guys are with us today and we're going through the What's Hot at the Nursery World around the Central Coast. So let's kick that one off there, girls. Mm. Chicks? All right. Well, we will start with the sale of the Century and that's happening at Lee Rowan's Garden World at Arimba. 25% off all plants off ends 11th of April. Wow. Burbank at Erina Heights are loaded up with poppin' purple tipachina. Forest's Beach Garden Centre have got very pretty African violets, always a perfect planty gift. Mm-hmm. Burbank at Saddles, located at Mount White, have got beautifully scented lavenders. And the Wildflower Meadow at Erina have got Waratahs. How oh, awesome is that? Yes. It'll be a busy weekend of deals and oh. more deals and super savings too. And so, Vic, we got all those big specials there. What's hot at Narara Valley Nursery? You'll be like, what the succulent when you what? see our new range of succulents. <laughs> what the succulent what are you talking su- about? <laughs> what the succulent? There are so many new varieties, Pete, you won't believe it. And I've okay, I'll have the succulent and see. <laughs> that was almost a radio dump. <laughs> Uh, we're very broad-minded here oh at the uh, Garden Gang. So what sort of succulents have you got? <laughs> I can't say any of these, so don't laugh. Okay. Portulaca, Gillesii, Prasula, Languinosa, mm-hmm. Aristachy, Dunk, Cat, Variegata, sounds very Russian, and Adromastus, Hemispheracus. <laughs> I've never even... Oh, these ones for heaven's sake, don't try and spell it. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely What are they? Don't. Are they succulents, are they? Yeah. Are they well-known, Sherlock? They're Sherlyn? succulents. Or is she just pulling our leg? <laughs> just part of what I can't. The, I don't know what they are. Just but part anyway. of the fact or fiction, is it? Oh, yeah, that's it. I don't know Some what they are. Some of these are really exciting because we've never seen these in our garden centre before oh. and I don't think I've seen them in any garden centres before. That's probably because no one could fill out the order forms. <laughs> And what's not so hot at this stage of the uh, of the Easter weekend, Vicky? So we had someone today who was very unhappy because their fiddle leaf fig was going black and losing leaves. But mm. what our customer didn't realise is that he wasn't planting into a pot with adequate drainage. Uh. So what's not hot this week is not planting your plants into pots with adequate drainage. 
So save yourself time and heartbreak by planning into a pot with sufficient drainage or pop your plastic pots into an attractive cover pot. So the cover pot can act as like a saucer yep. and then you've got your plastic pot inside with the nice drainage holes. Brilliant. I thought you were going to say what's uh, not so hot are customers who don't know what they're doing. <laughs> no. Well, could say that, but I don't think I'd be very popular. All then. right, let's turn our thoughts now <laughs> right. to the fantastic fact or fiction game. And today, Pete will be playing against, oh, I'm so excited, against Lauren and uh, and also Vicky. Two so chicks. two chicks against one Rooster. Rooster, that's it. And he's a good-looking rooster too, like I just say. His oh, radio, there we go. Oh, there we go. All right, here we go. I know everyone likes to play along at home as well. Is it a botanical fact or is it a fib? We're talking about bulbs today. We've been talking about tulips as well. Tulips originated as a wildflower in Central Asia, first cultivated by the Turks as early as 1000 AD and mania and Turkey struck about the 16th century. It was about this time that people also discovered the tulips were a medicinal plant. Don't try this at home because these are the wild <laughs> tulips, all right? So tulips were used for headache remedies and also as a diuretic as well. And the word tulip comes from this because that's what people used to do. They used to put it to their lips and just a little bit of the, the tulip would go into their mouth. You know, this is the way... What, so it comes from people, two lips? Well, not two lips. Well, two no, lips? no, to touch the lips. To, to, not oh, two to lips. touch That's the two. lips. To touch oh, the lips and lips. it would okay. help with the headaches. Is that a botanical fact oh. or fib? I, uh, can I jump in, ladies, because I have yeah, a little sure, bit of understanding of English <laughs> and I think the Turks had no idea about English, <laughs> the English language, and she's talking about two lips or... No, no, it's two not two lips. lips. No, it comes from... A, no, 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 it's from an old... No, it, that's from the Latin. The Latin, that's where it comes from. That's where it comes oh, from. Oh, okay, to sorry. Li- no, no. But well, I'm still going to say it sounds like rubbish to me. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah. Girls, Lauren... <laughs> well, Vicky and I really like tulips, so I'm thinking that it's true. You think it's You're true? You're thinking it's true. You're thinking it's true. What are you thinking? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm going to go with Lauren on this one because I've really done that poorly the last few games. So right. Lauren and I are going to lock in true. And you're going to, right, it's complete rubbish. Um, <laughs> everything was true. It, it was a medicinal plant. The word tulip comes from the Turkish word. You were right, Pete. For tulips? No, for turban. <laughs> oh, for so turban. Tulip, tulip. Oh, okay. Lauren's on seek.com looking for a new job now. <laughs> <laughs> so the word tulip, yeah, tulip is uh, comes from the, the old Turkish word a turban because, right? yeah, well, look at a tulip. It looks like yes. a turban. There I'm you seeing go. it. I'm with you my mind's eye now. Tulips. Tulips. <laughs> <laughs> Tulips. Yeah, back to, back to work, girls. Well, girls, really uh, thank you for joining us this morning. It's always a joy to have you on the line. And all the best, no, Lauren. You have a nice Easter weekend. And, Vicky, of course, you will catch you next week. But you, too, have a nice <laughs> Easter weekend. You too, guys. Okay. Bye. All Happy the best now. Bye. Coast Bye. FM with the Gardening Gang this morning. Coast FM with the Gardening Gang. There's crying in the chapel. Peter Blakely and Mr Murdoch. Rupert is crying at the moment because uh, his uh, engagement has been called off. Have you heard about that one, Sean? I the did see The 92-year-old Rupert that? Murdoch was going to marry a young lady in her 60s, mm-hmm. very much her junior, mm. now being called off. He's it's crying. off. Yeah, he's crying. I didn't even make it to the chapel. That's it. He's <laughs> not having not a happy me. Easter at all, no. At home with the gardening gang. Coast FM 963.
Home of the classic hits, Coast FM 963, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy on Easter Saturday morning. And with all the cars on the road, Sherilyn, mm. uh, there's a reminder, of course, a big sign here in the studio. <laughs> Tell the folks and remind our listeners double demerit points over the Easter weekend. So don't get caught. Mm-hmm. Driving in this morning, I was very tempted to get a bit quick. I was running a bit late and oh, there yeah? were so few cars around. Mm. I went, ooh, <sighs> no, I won't. You I can't afford do double demerit no, points. No, <laughs> you shouldn't do it anyway, Mr. Pete. We want you well, on I'm this earth. I'm just confessing my sins good. there because sometimes I <laughs> am inclined. Are you? Yes, but I must say the double demerit points are the big breaks in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Coast FM with Pete and Sheldon. Uh, have a lovely Easter for you and your family too. Now, time to ring the bell because it's time to get your hands dirty, gangsters. Sure is, gangsters. Let's do it. First of all, what can you do for your community? Let me tell you. There's a volunteer coordinator needed for the glorious King Cumber Eco Garden. You'll be able to support garden membership, plan activities that maintain engagement and keep the garden tidy, safe and productive. There's a team up there, though, so you're going to have lots of experience support. If you're at all interested... You can contact the Kincumber Neighbourhood Centre at this email address, manager at kincumberdnc.com.au. And the Kincumber Neighbourhood Centre is also online, so just Google them and they'll put you in the right direction. Saturday the 8th of May. Wow, no, August, April, Saturday the 8th of April, sorry. Anna Durkin will be here to share her work as a citizen scientist in this That's field. That's today. It's today, I know. They've, they, I got a little misprint in the email here because I was going, no, no, I'm sure they mean today and they do mean today. I've just double-checked here. She'll be educating us with her skill and knowledge about the fungal kingdom and answering questions about mushrooms and toadstools and all those sorts of things. This is put on by the Australian Plant Society of the Central Coast and it's up at Phillip House on the Old Penang Road at Carryong. It's at 2pm this afternoon but they'd like you to be there for at 1.30pm for their 2pm start. I've been there before, it's wonderful. It's only a $3 entry, that just helps run things but they do have a lucky door prize and lots of plants for sale as well. So get up there and find out about fungi with uh, this wonderful woman. Right, what can you do to get your hands dirty this week? <laughs> Ring the bell. Hurry up, hurry Ring up, hurry up. Hurry up, feel like, yes, yes, Miss Jane. Okay, culinary herbs, beetroot, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, they can all go in, cabbages, carrots. It's a beautiful day. Get out there. Cauliflower, chicory, cress, endive, kohlrabi, leeks, lettuce, mustard, onions, parsnip, peas, radishes. And in your flowers, you can also put in candy tufts, carnations, columbines, cone flowers, del Finiums, dianthus, all the everlasting daisies, forget-me-nots, foxgloves. Oh, let me move along. Gypsophila, spring flowering bulbs. What about that? Sweet peas, viola, and of course, wallflowers can go in too. And if you want the entire list, there's a huge list. Go and find the Coast News newspaper and my gardening pages in there every week, along with the gardening planner. Was every man for himself with bulbs today? Is yes, bulb is. putting in time? We're talking bulbs in the general mm-hmm. sense today. Because if you want a nice spring garden based on bulb uh, growth today or this weekend or next weekend is the time. It is the time. You can have Floriad at your place. I'm getting excited about Floriad. I'm going to go back and look at that now. Oh, I can (laughs) see come the springtime, the Central Coast will be overflowing with these bulbs, Sheldon. Yes. Yes, that'll be just a proliferation 
Is that the word? I'm pretty friends. Mm. Classic hits at Coast FM. There's the band called 38 Special and the heart needs a second chance. Almost half past nine with Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy here on this Saturday morning, Easter Saturday, with uh, the gardening gang. Boy, we were expecting some uh, thunderstorms last night, Sharon. Did mm. you get in your place at uh, did so. the lake? Uh, we did. We did, actually, up at Lake what, Memorial. Was it bad? Yeah, was it it, look, it wasn't heavy. It was rumbly and uh, woke me up a bit, but it wasn't, did it it wasn't too the dog? bad. Ah, uh, he's all right. <laughs> he's used. <laughs> Sarah's pretty good I with things like husband. that. Oh. <laughs> Um, no, he's, he's, he's not too bad, actually. He's not too bad. I've had dogs in the past that are oh, absolutely no, to the dog. <laughs> Sailor's all right. He sleeps in bed with me. I don't think he hears that well. I don't know because he's a white boxer. They, they don't have the, the best of hearing. Well, I don't think any storms are expected tonight. For Easter, uh-huh. it's going to be a lovely weekend. In fact, uh, a few clouds around today. Tomorrow will be absolutely perfect. It indicates here it'll be one of those blue sky days. But uh, fairly cool, though. Well, cooling off for the season. I like it. 21 tomorrow. Now, well, thanks some sponsors, but also to acknowledge, of course, our regular gardening gang sponsors, Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs, and also Doormaster Security Doors and Windows. Hard Rock Cafe right here at Coast FM, home of the gardening gang this morning. And... Coast FM, Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy on the Easter weekend with the Gardening Gang. And now Lachlan McDonald is joining us today yes. with the property report. Now, for uh, the home buyers and people with mortgages, the big talk this week, of course, was that the, uh, the, the bank, the, the, the bank that uh, puts the interest rates up and down. The RBA. The RBA. Uh, they've maintained the rates at the moment, but there's still a lot of talk it'll be, uh, it'll be shunting up and down or maybe up in future months. And I thought back to the late 80s and early 90s when interest rates in Australia hit 18, 19 and in some periods 20% on the mortgage. They did. Mm. Now, does that sound like Mm. a shock to you in terms of what we're used to today? Well, I mean, Pete, I I, I did know that. So it's not a shock, but it's certainly, um, I'm sure, to anyone who um, has never, hasn't been around for that. Um, it sounds quite uh, absurd to a, to a degree. It does. And, and tell me, your family company's been in business for quite some years and through that period, did that affect uh, sales of real estate here on the coast when people were asked to take out a mortgage at, say, 18% fixed? Yeah, so, Peter, I had a, had a chat with, uh, with Andrew about it and, and he sort of said, well, yes, people were definitely conscious of it. Uh, there were certainly... You know, a lot of talk around it. People were, you know, stressed about the the levels. But um, obviously what we've got to remember is most people's debt levels were much lower and the the property prices were a lot lower. So it's all relative, of course, but, Mm. um, you know, it's a lot of, you know, uh, it was still a lot of money back then. However, the real concern now seems to be people with mortgages as opposed to people who are buying, if that makes sense. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, the, the buyers in the market now, they've basically come to terms with what they're going to be paying. They're making their purchases based on it. And he was sort of saying that back then people were stressed about it, but there wasn't that sort of large group of people that had significant mortgages where they just had this big change like we've had now. And most people had sort of gone into it knowing that interest rates, maybe not at that level, but were at least quite high. So it didn't seem to be quite that stress amongst homeowners with existing mortgages um, around the, the the level of the rates. 
Well, the average price on the coast of a home, I'm being very average here, uh, back in the late 80s, mid-80s to early 90s, was probably around about the uh, the 200 grand. I suppose you would have bought a nice home for about a couple hundred grand then. Hmm. You know? uh, Peter, I think from, from what I understand, uh, a couple hundred thousand would have bought you a waterfront in a lot of areas. So wow. that's probably well above the average. Um, <laughs> Most most oh, more sort of around that, 80, 80 to hundred. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how inflation has hit the real estate business. Although inflation, yes. when we say inflation, your values generally go up by five or six percent a year. I think if you mm. if you average out long term. Mm. But yeah, generally you can expect property to sort of you know go up to to the tune of, of sort of maybe five percent. You, you would hope so, but it's it's not. It's not something which we tend to sort of average out over a per yearly basis. You'd look at it and go, okay, well, over the course of a 10-year period, mm. Um, mm. historically, most properties have basically doubled in value um, every sort of 10, 10 or so years. So, right. um, you know, it's, it's, it's more over that 10-year that period, a full, complete cycle yeah. in the market yeah. where you'll see that, that significant growth. I tell you what, I've just done the maths on my house, and that's exactly what mine's done in twenty years. I've just gone. I know what I paid for it, and now what it's worth now. And you're a multimillionaire. I'm not a multimillionaire at all. But I, have, I agree with Lachlan. Look, I this is this was our first home. We bought it twenty years ago because we couldn't get into the market back then when interest rates were about twenty percent. And people used to say, "You haven't bought a house yet." And well, military family, so we did have military rental, which was subsidised, and that was good. But we were like, "There's just no." way. Well, there's just no way we're going to take out a mortgage with a 20%, 18 to 20% interest rate. Forget it. So I'm hearing this and absolutely true. So I was in that sort of thing. And but then yeah. when time changed at 20 years ago, it was just on 20 years ago, we bought our house in Lake Memora and because interest rates were affordable for us. So I can, I'm totally mm. get this. And at Saratoga, we bought the best house in the street. It's not any, Did you? Not any longer. <laughs> but we paid 230000 for a four-bedder wow. with fabulous water views and a huge pool. So that was the yeah. – uh, and that would have been a bit that of a bargain be. because things were quite negotiable in those days back yeah. in the late Well, that's 80s, interesting you, you know? say that, yeah. uh, say that, Pete, because that's the other big difference in the market in the late 80s and 90s, which will probably really shock a lot of people, um, you know, that that uh, weren't looking at property or weren't in the market at that time, is that it wasn't unusual for us as a business to have something to the tune of 80 listings, 90 listings, um, in just in sort of the Point Clare, Tascot, Coolywong wow. area. Yep. Yeah, now, you know, most, most of the time, you know, you're sort of, you know, only carrying maybe sort of, you know, a maximum sort of, you know, in an area of that size, maybe, a, you know, a dozen listings at, at the absolute maximum. Is that right? Um, because properties are just trading so much quicker. The, the days oh. on market are so much lower. Even when the market's changed um, mm-hmm. recently, it's still not like it was back then, not even remotely. Yeah. The, the level of buyer interest is so much higher. Ours was on the market for a very long time before we actually got it. And we paid sort of 1,000 square metres in Lake Memora. And we paid three forty for it, and that was just on twenty years ripped ago. Off. Ripped off? No, that's what they told us at the time. We ripped off the, the seller. That's my joke now. I couldn't afford to buy my house. Thank goodness I've paid it off. But anyway, um, it's it just how times. Well, have that's changed. amazing. I, I'm I'm really surprised when you say that nowadays the average agent is only carrying you know up to half a dozen, maybe a dozen houses at most. 
and going back. Well, to... I'd, I'd say, I'd say, Pete, I'm talking about sort of about the area. Yeah. But I'd ah, say sure. the average agent probably actually only carrying far less than that. Maybe oh. only you know three or four at any given time per oh, single per agent. Area, yeah. Well, that holds the value yeah, up, that's... doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I would so have seen there's, there's obviously some businesses that obviously you know of course have a lot more stock, some that don't. But just in terms of an area, uh-huh. it's not unusual to see only a very small percentage of properties on the market at any given time, far lower than it used to be. Well, mate, tell a young person mm. that today, and they won't believe you. But the <laughs> olden days of real estate, yeah, well, certainly passed us all. And thanks, uh, Lachlan, for helping us relive those days (laughs) on the Gardening Gang this morning. And have have a nice Easter weekend, my friend. Happy Easter, Lachlan. Thank thank you, guys. Cheers. Lachlan McDonald there from Ray White McDonald Partners at East Gosford and Point Clare.